Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Alice. Hey, Greg, what are you doing here? Hey, what do you mean? What I, Allison, where, did you, where did you come from, Greg? I came from the world of childish, and I just want to make sure that your listeners know that you're just as wonderful on the on the other podcast you do. What if they don't have kids? Don't need them. You don't need them. <laughs> A lot of our listeners actually tell us they don't have kids. We talk about sex. We talk about all sorts and, of dirty stuff, yeah. but also parenting stuff. Yeah. So check out Childish new episodes every Wednesday wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm very excited to welcome back to the show. It's his third time on comedian, podcaster, superstar, friend of Jerry Seinfeld. Unclear if they're actually friends or if Jerry Seinfeld has just championed him. It's Mark Norman. He hosts a podcast called Tuesdays with Stories. Now he has another podcast out called One More Drink with his friend Sam Morrill. And he has a very popular special called Out to Lunch. It's not his only special, but that one, I just watched it on YouTube. So funny, has like 5 million views. Um, And he does all sorts of other stuff as well. Mark Norman, welcome. Man, you're good. I I wish you were my mom. I mean, that was a beautiful rendition of everything i've done and you, you got it all right that was Thank impressive you what, what if it was your mom what would it have sounded like it would be uh this guy has a i think he does a couple of skits he's got a routine he thinks he's funny he's on youtube but who isn't uh <laughs> what's his face matt matt norman <laughs> well welcome back how is everything going? You're sitting in front of a painting with actual paint on a canvas, so things must be going okay because you own art. I'll tell you though, uh, Al, if I can be so bold, I I had a I was having a hell of a year. Well, you know, you mentioned Seinfeld, did a bunch of TV stuff, the special started cooking, and then this damn pandemic had to come queef on our salad and ruin the whole my whole momentum. It's all gone. Yes. I was selling out. I was finally making it. It's over. You know, you are not the only one who felt like they were, and I'm not one of these people, but I've just heard it from other people. My career has been <laughs> on a decline for a while, but I've heard Oh, people, you've got a good plateau. That's what everyone wants to hear. Thank you. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. Um, uh, I've heard people say things like, I was set up to have the best year of my career. Oh, really? Happened. Yeah, I've heard. I feel like Nikki Glaser has said that. Um, yeah, yeah. She's doing great. I, she'll be fine. She was already bigger. I'm, I'm nobody. You're somebody. Ah, I'm on YouTube. Were you beginning to feel like somebody, though? Yes, I was for the first time in my godforsaken <laughs> life, and it's it was ripped from me. But I get it. Look, other people lost their business. Their restaurant was in their family for 78 years, and it's all crumbled. So I'm, I'm still... One of the the lucky ones, relatively. But what was the turning point for you where all of a sudden it felt like things were really heating up? Well, I did a couple of Rogans, and then the Seinfeld thing was just a real anal tickler. I couldn't believe it. Just, just the I still have that video, you know, that played in my in my bedroom at night 
with the lights off and uh it just then i got to open for him for a while and things were really cooking it felt like it was all coming together all the hard work and the blood sweat and the period but yeah <laughs> then it just uh went to hell but look everybody's went to hell and my my grandma didn't die and all that so I, i'm still i don't want to bitch too much because i know some people are really going through it but Hopefully we can get it all back. Hopefully it was just on pause with every because we're all fucked. That's the beauty of this. So hopefully it's on pause and I can just push play and get right back into that video game and still beat the boss. Yes, I get that you recognize that things are not that bad and that you have perspective. But still, it's disappointing. Yes, but, you know, it is disappointing. But I just got back from the Capitol and... You know, I got a couple <laughs> selfies in there, so things are all right. Now, Jokes. are you the guy who found the zip ties on the floor and was trying to give them back to who they belong to? Exactly, exactly. And then that cop got in my way, so I killed him with a fire extinguisher, you know, in the name of the country. It's um a crazy time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kooky time. For some reason, you're not allowed to joke about stuff now. Or not allowed. You're, you're allowed to, but people get upset. I don't know. So I, I never know where I can go. But either way, my camp out camp Auschwitz shirt is at the cleaners, and uh, <laughs> I'll get that back soon. Now, where are you with whether six million was enough? <laughs> uh, well, I think it's all made up, honestly. <laughs> I feel like uh, that's just a hoax, just like Corona. Yes, I'm joking, everybody. Just, just, yes. just for, just for uh, context. Yeah, I keep making jokes about how the vaccine is going to sterilize and microchip people. And then I have to make it clear that I'm joking. I'm referring to the lunatics who believe that. Okay, so back, back to, back to pre pandemic though. Um, yes. I had you on in 2018. When did the Seinfeld thing happen and what was it? Uh, yeah, good to be back. Thanks for having me. Sure. Uh, that was in, uh, Thanksgiving of of 2019 ish. Okay, uh, that's when I opened for him. But I guess he did that whole. He did a plug. He was on Mets TV, which is some channel for the Mets that nobody watches on deep satellite cable. And just the weird guy happened to say, "All right, we got you in the box while you're here. We're we're watching the Mets game. But who do you think's the next guy? Who who's a comic you like?" And he said my name, and my mm-hmm. phone blew up. I'd never heard of Mets TV. I was on the road in Buffalo bombing with like eight people in the crowd, <laughs> and I came back to the green room defeated, sweaty. My phone's like a pinball machine, and you know I watched the video and I said, "Oh my god!" And I text him immediately. You don't know what that means to me. I really geeked out. And he said, no, don't worry about it. You remind me of a young me and blah, blah, blah. Okay, so you texted him, which means that you – so you already knew him. Uh, We met once and hung out in a green room, and I was shitting blood the whole time. And then he said, here's my number. You know, just text me whenever. And I go, I'll never use this. And he goes, (laughs) use it, use it. You know, and I was like, okay. And he texted me like two days later. What did he say? He just – he. I watched his set, and he – he just treats you like a comic. He's your equals. He's like, what do you got on that cemetery bit? And I was like, so now I had to spend six hours writing a bit so I could send him any. I didn't want to send him some shit, so I tried to really work on it. And I sent him a thing. He goes, eh. And I was like, ah. What, hey. was, what was a cemetery bit? Was that something you had discussed with him? Yeah. He, he did a bit, and 
I, as I was leaving, I said, that cemetery bit's got legs or something there. And he said, oh, thanks. And I go, eh, if you need any help with it, let me know. And I was joking. I was trying to be a, like a douche. Like, hey, right. you know, you're this legend. But if you need any help from a nobody. Right. And he kind of chuckled. And then a couple hours later, what do you got on the cemetery? And I was like, you know. <laughs> so I had to come up with a bit. If people want to see the expression of what you were like, YouTube.com slash Allison Rosen. <laughs> but for anyone just listening... Uh, I would say he said, what do you got on the cemetery bit? And you were like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I, I wigged out and had a seizure, basically. Do you, so do you think he'll use anything you gave him? No, no. And I, I would give him shit over the, over the couple weeks, you know, because I would just always, I want to keep in touch, you know, and I don't want to lose that relationship we have. So right. I'd be like, what about this for the cemetery bit? It, it's like a supermodel where you're like, I want to keep fucking but i don't want her to get annoyed with me and mm. be too clingy so it's this weird text editing is this is this dumb i'm showing friends or like <laughs> you're already you're already gone too far if you're asking me you got to treat him like a human being i'm like i can't i can't see him as a human he's i've been watching him since i was 8 on primetime tv with my parents right come on so then he said you're a young him you're the next yeah. guy and then did things change for you right away no, I thought they would. I, w- I remember I was in Buffalo on Friday night. I'm not a draw, or I wasn't then. I'm bombing. So Friday night rolls over, and I go, hey, Saturday morning, I'm going to be sold out. After that, that's the biggest endorsement you can get. Right. And then still still no turnout, which is show business in a nutshell, especially stand-up. So then when did things when did things change and make it so that you all of a sudden were feeling like a somebody? I think that gave me it gave me some comedy clout. Like the mm-hmm. comedy world was like, "Oh, geez, look at this guy!" Like other comics, not the industry. They don't give a shit. But <laughs> and then uh, Rogan saw it. And, you know, he had the biggest podcast in the world, and I did that. And I did it. I had a good set, I think, and I did it again, Do like you, a couple months after. So that's two two bangers. Did Rogan have you on because of what Seinfeld said? I think there was a big cocktail. It was a big gumbo of, of certain elements, and that was one of them. I did the Tonight Show right around then. I put out a funny video. So it was all kind of brewing, and right. that might have pushed it over the edge. What was your funny video? Uh, I did a man on the street. That Oh, oh, I did a, 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 you know, I don't know if you ever did The Road. I know you did stand-up for two seconds, but. Oh, good memory. Well, we have a similar bit, which is funny. We both had a ski mask bit. No, I don't think I had a ski mask bit. I thought yeah, I thought I saw a clip of you at Gotham Comedy Club doing a bit about ski masks. I did do something at Gotham Comedy Club. I don't remember it being about maybe there I mean again, it was for 2 seconds, so yeah. maybe I'm forgetting. If All I right, I remember seeing that and going, I have a similar bit. How crazy is that? But huh. It's it's kind of a general idea, I guess anybody could think of it. Like, isn't it weird buying a ski mask? Like, how do you look normal while buying a ski mask? Because everything done in a ski mask is shady. Oh, that's funny. No, that was not me. I wonder oh, who this was. I thought was. that was you. I hope whoever oh. it was was attractive. Um, yeah, it was some other black comedian. But either way, <laughs> uh, it, you know, I, I, I forgot where I was going with this. Well, so oh, the funny video. Sorry, you, no, you asked. Now. Yeah, you asked if I ever did the road. Not as a comedian. Yeah. No, I, I. Uh, traveled with the Adam Carolla show and we did live podcasts a lot and I've traveled a little bit with my own podcast but I've not done the road as a comedian no okay so you did the live stuff with Adam and didn't get to say anything so I don't know if that counts (laughs) I got it I got like at least 
three or four words in. <laughs> <laughs> That's impressive for him. Uh, by the way, we should talk off air about his whole trajectory. But yeah, that's yeah, a whole other bag of hammers. Sure. But uh, yeah, so I did this morning show. When you do the road, you have to go, you're in Cleveland, you have to do Good Morning Cleveland or Hello Cleveland mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. And it's a nightmare and it's, you have to follow the cooking lady and the 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 guy with the ducklings, like the zoo guy. I actually you know. have, despite I have not done the road, but I have been a guest on shows like that when I worked at magazines. So I actually oh. I've followed. I think the puppies and the cats that were available for adoption followed me, but I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. And exactly. I followed Produce Pete, so I totally get it. Oh. There you go. Yeah. Perfect example. So, yeah, I'm, you're in the green room with like two Cub Scouts and a horse trainer. It's all yes. very strange. Yes. yes. So they want you to be they want you to be funny, but it's eight in the morning. You're hungover. <laughs> you got half a boner. You don't know what's going on. It's some nice lady named Joan or something. And she's like, you know, uh, so how'd you get into comedy and all this <laughs> shit? And I just kind of went off the rails because it was like my third one that day. And I didn't want to. They don't help either. They don't fill mm-hmm. the seats. But you're contractually obligated to do it. So I was just like, oh, I'm gay. Uh, you ever queef? And I said all these crazy <laughs> things. And she was like, oh, and it went viral. Oh, and wow. so that was like a big, big one for me. I've got to see that. You know, the funny thing about those shows is that they need their smelling salts and they clutch their pearls no matter what you say. Like, no matter what you say, they are so like, you did not just say that. Oh, yes. my, what will they think of next? Like, they are, it's weird how much it's they weird. live inside a tiny box that is still in 1950s. I know, and the camera guy, when you if you watch mine, he's dying. So that yeah. it's like, okay, so somebody here is normal. Like <laughs> if I would have made that joke to you about the Capitol to her, she would have been like, oh, uh, cut, cut the mic. We, 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 right. we got to reshoot, you know. But I'm like, right. I'm just joking. I'm a comedian. You had a comedian on. Then when I do something humorous, you're like freaking out. So it's this weird. It's a weird line to walk. Before but, it went viral, did were they mad at you? A little. They were peeved. They were peeved. But I'm like, I'm on your show. I'm a, I'm a comic. This is what I do. You want me to be me, but you don't want me to be me. Like, this is what you're going to get. I'm sorry. It, and it, I didn't say anything, you know, uh, blue or anything. So I kept it in the lines. It just wasn't very appropriate. It is a hard needle to thread because they do, they want to, they want you to say things that are quote unquote outrageous, but yeah. not too. It's it's weird. Exactly. I imagine what they are expecting of you. Yeah. Every job I've gotten from comedy, they always say, be edgy. We like your edge. We like a little outside the box. And whenever I'm edgy, I get fired because <laughs> they, they have their edgy. But we have right. our edgy where it's like miscarriage and AIDS and abortion. Fun stuff. Ski masks, apparently. Yeah. My old ski mask <laughs> bit. OK, so yeah. <laughs> you had a video that went viral and then you opened for Seinfeld. Yeah, so he just, we just hung out, and we would text every now and then, and then randomly he's like, what are you doing on this night? And I canceled everything, obviously, and <laughs> said, I'm there, and I got to open for him, and he's a, he's a comedy nut where it was at the Beacon Theater in the Upper West Side, and uh, I got there, and I was like, where do I go? I want to be out of his hair. I don't want to bother him, and they go, no, no, he likes, he wants you to be in his green room. There's only one green room. like, So you get to hang out with him. Wow. And do two shows. You hang out before the show, after the show. You get to talk about the shows, and then you go out for pizza after and wine. I mean, it was it was a, a dream come true. Were you and and were you able to enjoy it, or were you nervous, or both? I kept going in the bathroom and being like, 
Get it together. I know you're a weirdo geek nerd. I know this is it. This is the moment. So just enjoy. I kept having to do these pep talks and like put water on my face in the bathroom. And <laughs> it was pretty embarrassing, but I, I, I feel like I got through it and we had some great times. And I feel like we, we really hung. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't just like, oh my God, I'm with a celebrity. It was like we were hanging. He's so normal. It's wild. Did he, has he given you advice? Yeah, he actually gave. I had a I had a so so set, mm. and when you he's, opened for him? yeah, which was devastating, obviously. And he gave me some some tips, and I applied the notes right there on the next show because you do two a night, and it killed. And you you, you want to get mad at the notes, you know? Nobody likes criticism. We're all sensitive, but he was right, and it it worked. What kind of things? He told me three thing or two things. One was. He's like, look, I know you're a club comic. I like your writing. You got good jokes, but this is a theater. You got to get out there and move. Like, there's people in mm. 80 rows back in a in a box seat. You got to perform for them. And I was like, oh, yeah, because, you know, I, I like to just stand there and deliver the joke, boom, 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 robot style. <laughs> so that was all him, was just being more of this. And then I, he gave me something else. Oh, I'm blanking on it. Hold on. Brain queef. Uh, shit. You'd think I'd remember the... Uh, epic Seinfeld notes. I'll I'll remember it. It'll hit me. Okay, it'll come to you. It was be bigger and something else. Shit in my mouth. I can't think of it. It'll come to me. It'll That's come to so me. That's so interesting. So it was just about stage presence and delivery? Th- that, that particular note? Yeah, basically like you're in a theater now, so you got to kind of kick it up a notch. Mm-hmm. What do you make of that? Like what do you make of that being the being such a big uh, creating such a big difference i think uh he's just a theater guy and i'm a club guy and so i think he knows he knows me i mean he knows he was me a young comic doing the clubs for years so i think he saw that and was like i can calibrate you you're 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 right there you just need to and i i can see it i've been there so he the advice was dead on right it wasn't like this might work it was like this is what you need yeah and he's no, such a meticulous psycho that he was right i'm just wondering why that makes such a big difference like why if you're delivering the same material if you do it in a with different body language that makes it go over well I think it's the stage is gigantic. I'm this big from far away. So you're just getting words at one point. And yeah. if you're angry in a joke and you go, can you believe? It just really amplifies it. Right. Right. So he wasn't wrong. Uh, so when you were last on, you had a girlfriend that things were getting pretty serious with. Yep. Are you still with her? Yep. 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 Live with her. Going well. Uh, you know, getting older, so uh, who knows what'll happen. <laughs> I'm a child, terrified of everything, you know. Hey, look, we live a long time. Who knows how people can change? <laughs> well, that's that's good, though. I mean, it's been... Because you had been in a 12-year relationship. Yes. Right? Man, you're good. Thank you. Um, So how many years has this one been going? Five. That's pretty long. Yeah, I had a thought this morning. Um, I got up, and my husband, my mother-in-law, is here right now, which is like a godsend. She's- <laughs> no, you know that's that's how oh. it is in old times. No, this okay. is she's it's she's so helpful because I have oh, two little great. kids. 
Right. Um, and so we have just been feeling like we're drowning. And so having her here is like, we would like her to move in. Um, which is a surprising thing to hear someone say. Yeah. But, but anyway. That's uh, very old fashioned. That feels like the plot of like a, a Lucy episode, you know, like it really does. We want her to move in and, you know, you're kind of happy about it, but you're also like, I need my space. I don't know, it feels like a sitcom. I wonder when this is all o- over, how many sitcoms like that there will be. Oh, we're going to have so many COVID movies, so many COVID plot lines. I have not been inspired to do anything. Co- I don't know what that <laughs> means about me as a creative person, but I yeah. don't feel inspired to do to express anything other than like the bare minimum on a podcast. Well, you're doing what are you doing? Two pods? Yeah, I do two pods. Two pods, two kids. I think you're I think you got a full dance card there. Thank you. So anyway, uh I get up and my husband is ranting about something to his mother, something political. Uh-oh. Um and the kids are like running in circle. So Elliot is running in a circle and he's saying Look at me, Owen. Owen is, Elliot is almost four. Owen is almost two. So he's running in a circle. Mm. Look at me, Owen. Look at me. And I'm thinking like, Owen doesn't quite understand what you're, it, there was just so much noise and so much energy. And I sat down at my computer and I thought, if they went away, if everyone went away for a few weeks, I don't know that I would want them to come back. <laughs> <laughs> and then I felt so, it was such an alarming thought because Cause I'm so, I'm introverted enough that I don't, I'm fine being like alone in my house for a few days. I know people who go nuts with that, but I'm fine with same. it. Same, same. It, it was alarming because it made me think, oh my God, have I found myself in the wrong life? Ah, uh, that's I what I'm scared of. If I wouldn't miss my kids and I wouldn't miss my husband. And then I consoled myself with the thought, no, this is a pandemic thought. You've been stuck in a house with these people exclusively for however many months. It's normal to desire a little bit of a break. I hope of I'm course. right. Yeah, yeah, I think this is all completely normal. Just don't go the forensic files route, you know, and you're fine. Don't do the antifreeze and the oatmeal slowly every day for a year. But does that this work? is completely normal. You, you're an introvert. You're a creative. You you want a little alone time. You got to recharge. Yeah. Come Thank on. You. This is. I would not feel weird about this at all. So I ha- think you're you're very rational and well adjusted. Thank you very much. Um, how are you doing with being? <laughs> well, you've traveled a little bit because I know that because you were supposed to come on in December and then we yep. rescheduled because you were flying into a blizzard. That's right. I was. I. Yeah, I, there was a crazy blizzard here, and uh, everything got shut down. So I was kind of down and out. But I've been I've been traveling a lot. Yeah. I think that's a no no. But uh, I got to pay the rent, mm-hmm. and I'm getting yelled at by other comedians. And I'm like, well, you have a writing job. You're you're making a lot of money and have health care and benefits. I make all my money on the road doing live shows, and I've already had COVID, so I'm not nervous about it. But even even admitting this now, I'm like, ah, oh, here it comes. I'm gonna get shit. But I I don't know. I got to pay the rent. I don't know what else to do. You know, I see a lot of comedians who don't. Have you gotten shit for it? I see. A lot oh of, yeah. Oh you sure. Because I Definitely. see a lot of comedians doing a lot of stuff where I'll be on Instagram and I'll look at their comments and I'm like, 
why aren't they getting any shit? Not you. Yeah. I'm giving you a free pass. I don't just, well, it's capricious. But there are some who do a lot of, at the beginning, who are doing like a lot of in-person stuff. And I was looking at it being like, why is everyone just so thrilled to see this? What the fuck? Right, So right. it seems to me like there's, but anyway, so you're saying you, you do get some pushback. So you, so how's it been traveling? Are you nervous? And also tell me about your COVID experience. Well, I do. I follow all the protocol, all the rules. I wear the mask. I keep distant, you know, hand washing, whatever it takes. But uh, I just got to go places. And I think traveling in a pandemic is uh, amazing. Because there's like no one there, right? There's no one there. And I mean, some of these flights, I'm not going to lie to you. It's so all our rules are so weird. Like you can't have kids in a school, but you can be in a plane, which is this tiny quarter where you're two inches from a guy for five hours. Sure, you're both wearing masks, but we've both guzzled two Sprites and eight pretzels. (laughs) So we took the mask off and that's okay. And there's literally no window opening. No door is sealed. The door is sealed. And yet a school or a... I don't know. A restaurant is crazy. You can't have that, but you can have an airplane. It's all very strange, but mm-hmm. uh, it's been great. The the middle seat tends to be open. Uh, they, they, the security line's short. The flights are cheaper. So all that's gravy. Maybe I should do some traveling. <laughs> yeah, go to Mexico. They're open. <laughs> and then how are the shows? Amazing, because uh, you gotta. They do like a capacity. So it's all people who are willing to come out. It's all distance. People wear a mask, hopefully. And you got to figure if you come out during this, you want to see some comedy. This is not like a papered room where like, all right, let's go see this Joe Schmo at the Chuckle Hut and get some chicken wings. It's like, oh, we're going to go laugh tonight. So it's been great. And you had COVID. How was it? Yeah, yeah. I had it early. I had it like in June or whatever, or May. And, uh, yeah, it was three days of fluey shit, snotty, fatigue, uh, anal, and then I was fine. That's it? Just, just three days? Yeah, in and out. Did you feel... And I get it. Some people have a pre-existing, some people are overweight, some people are old, but like I was quick, in and out, and I'm glad I, I'm glad I got it when I did, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I think that you have immunity for... The last thing I read was, they think, five months, so... All right. Were you super sick for those three days? Sounds like it was yeah. mild. Not really. I mean, I did. I still did stuff, which, you know, I like went to the park or I'd go get a cup of coffee. Like it wasn't life altering. I was just like, ah, I was just under the weather. You knew you were positive and you went and got coffee. I didn't know I was. I just thought oh. I was. Sick. This is still back when it was new I see, and everybody okay. was like, it was like this this Corona thing in China, you know, and it wasn't like lockdown time yet. No one he was wearing. No one was wearing a mask back when I had it. It was like early days. Hmm. June, eh, I'd say May, more early May. Huh. Um. Do you know where you got it? I don't. I have no idea. But it's weird. I live with a, my gal, and she never. I never she gave it, it to her. So it's all very strange. Yeah. It's a very finicky virus. A friend of mine rode in a car for eight hours with his cousin who had it. They slept in the same hotel room. He never got it. Then. In, Six months later, he does a podcast with a guy and got it. Do I know the podcaster? Colin Quinn? Yeah, well, I I don't know him personally, but I do know who that is. Yeah, yeah. Of course. So wait, Colin Quinn is the one who got it or who who gave it to him? He's the one who got it, but it's just, I'm just saying he was in a car with a guy for eight hours and then never got it. The windows were up. Never got it. 
and they slept in the same hotel room, and then then he did a podcast with a guy for one hour and got it. Which podcast was it? Do you know? <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I don't. I don't know. But either way, now I'm doing forensics on the transmission of COVID. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just. It's a. I think in like ten years we're really going to look back and go, "Can you believe we did that? Can you believe we thought this?" And I get it, it's all better safe than sorry. We're just trying to get through this. So. Uh, well, what I'm unclear on. They say that they don't have any evidence of it being transmitted on surfaces yes so then why all the hand washing i think it's a safe than sorry thing and hand washing is always good i guess Mm -hmm. you know like the flu is way down because i think everybody's wearing masks and washing their hands and purelling out yeah and they're not going out we're not hanging out with each other so there are perks there are benefits to that but you know, we used to think you had to wipe down your packages. Remember that? Right. That was yes. a big thing. Yes. And that then we realized that was nothing. Although with the new variant that is supposed to be so much more transmittable, mm. transmissible, I've been wondering, should we be wiping down stuff? I don't know. I guess my, whatever. Enough of that. Uh-huh. Enough, enough of that. You might as well. You're a mom. You got young kids. Give it a wipe. Yeah. Listen, Mark Norman, do you know about Bombas? The most comfortable socks in the universe. Of course. I'm wearing them now. They hug your feet. Hell yeah. They literally rethought every detail of the socks we wear to make them way more comfortable. When I first put them on, it made me angry at every other pair of socks I had ever worn because they do, they have art. They, it really feels like they hug your feet. They have arch support. They are reinforced. They are so comfortable and they do more than keep your feet cozy. They help give back to the most vulnerable members of our community because for every pair of socks you purchase, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. The generosity of Bombas customers has allowed them to donate over 40 million pairs of socks and counting through their nationwide network of 300,000 plus giving partners. The impact is more powerful than ever. To those experiencing homelessness, these socks represent the dignity of putting on clean clothes. I barely have that dignity. A small comfort that's especially important right now. Give a pair when you buy a pair and get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com slash best friend. That's bombas, B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash best friend for 20% off your first purchase. Bombas.com slash best friend. I also want to tell you guys about an innovation in betting. The purple mattress. Throw some bedding on a bunch of different mattresses and sure, they all look alike. The same goes for pillows, but peel away the layers, look at what's inside and you'll see they aren't all created equal. And that's what makes every purple pillow and mattress unlike anything you've ever slept on. The purple grid sets the purple mattress apart from every other mattress. It's a patented comfort technology that instantly adapts to your body's natural shape and sleep style with over 1,800 open air channels designed to neutralize body heat. Purple provides a cooling effect other mattresses can't replicate. And I had a little sample that my son, it it feels so good to like, it's so if you, if you like tactile things, uh, oh yeah, it's like this little the, a little sample of the purple grid. My son stole it. If I had it, <laughs> those who are watching this could see. But it's it's really cool. Um, 
every purple pillow is engineered with the grid for total head and neck support and absolute airflow. So you're always on the cool side of the pillow. Purple's proprietary technology has been innovating comfort for over 15 years. You can try every purple product risk-free with free shipping and returns. And purple has financing available as low as 0% APR for qualified customers. Experience the purple grid and you'll sleep like never before. Go to purple.com slash bestfriend10 and use promo code bestfriend10. For a limited time, you'll get 10% off any order of $200 or more. That's purple.com slash bestfriend10. Promo code bestfriend10 for 10% off any order of 200 or more. Terms apply. Okay. And we're back. Um, All right. Tell me about this this new podcast, One More Drink, with Sam Morrill. Yeah. Me and my pal Sam, he also has a special on YouTube called... Oh, God. Why am I blanking on this? You know it. Give it a goog. I'm going to give it's it a, a great goog. special. Oh, man. He's going to kill me if he hears this. I got 18 friends with specials out there. Sorry. Uh, Is it so called he's I a, Got This? I Got This. The irony, because uh, you didn't have it. I had nothing. Yeah. I, I got nothing. Uh, <laughs> he's good. He's one of the best. And we just are two joke-slinging New York guys who live out here with curly hair and try to write good jokes. And that's really all we can do in life. And we've always, we wrote together. We've been friends for 10, 12 years. And uh, we just got a great rapport. And we said, hey, we're stuck inside. We got Zoom. Let's let's do a pod. And we're also drinking alone in our homes. We like to booze. And no one else does, apparently. So we just talk about drinking and the road and missing comedy and movies we like and recommendations. And just it's just a hang mm-hmm. between How- two pals. Now you say no one else does. Have a lot of your friends become sober? Oh yeah, it's like a it's like an epidemic. I feel like when I was <laughs> when I started, every comic was like this wild degenerate psycho guy in a basement talking about his dick and getting drunk after and you'd hang at a diner and eat eggs and have diarrhea. And then now it's like everybody's health and wellness and meditating and sober and it's weird. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but I just feel like we're a dying breed. Do so you, we bonded on that. Do you have a tendency to drink too much, do you think? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well more more so earlier on in my life. I've got I've kind of toned it down. I'm not I'm not going full Mulaney here. But uh <laughs> I've toned it down and I mean I was the blackout guy for a while, but now I've gotten a lot oh. better. And you know, I'm getting older here. I'm late thirties over here, Al. What happened when you would black out? That's the thing about blackouts. Who knows? But I mean, but, did, did you hear any stories that made you cringe? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, you know, projectile vomiting in the Uber, getting thrown out. Then you're on the side of the road on the BQE, and uh, your friend's got to scrape you up off the street and put you in a cab and wetting the bed and uh, waking up in the weird places. One time I woke up on the sidewalk in uh, Williamsburg. Wow. That, that was a real eye opener. Do you have any idea how you got there? No idea. And then you lose your wallet. One time I got knocked out by a guy in Hell's Kitchen, and they these guys took my wallet, my keys, my phone, my joke book. Oh, no. I know. And then you don't realize when you're, you know, I was a poor, broke comedian. So then you got to get on the train to get back to your house, but you don't have a Metro card. So mm-hmm. you're like, well, I'll just go buy one. Oh, I don't have a credit card. I don't have a debit card because they got that, too. Oh, I'll get a cab. Oh, I don't have any cash. Oh, I'll get some cash. Oh, I don't have a wallet to get. You know, it's just, 
you so you had to jump the turnstiles, get home, call my parents, get them to send me. You know, it's a whole nightmare. You jumped the turnstile. You are oh, truly yeah. a criminal. Well, that's like a fun pastime of mine. I really enjoy that. <laughs> uh, so it sounds like a problematic drinking a bit, but do you but yeah. you don't consider it problematic now? No, I, I I got ahead of it, much like yourself. I don't drink. Were you? Yes, you I, were a booze bag oh, in your yeah. day. <laughs> I really was. Please tell me that's something that we talked about, as opposed to something that you heard. Oh man, there's there's all kinds of stories. No, out we there. talked about it, right? No, no, we talked about yeah. it. Yeah. Yes, yes. When you mentioned projectile vomiting in an Uber, my drinking days were pre-Uber, but mm. I did throw up on Here's the here's the sad thing. I was like, I threw up on my shoulder in a cab, didn't I? Like I think <laughs> That's I turned considerate. my head. Yes, but then I was like, or wait, did I throw up on my shoulder in the back of a van? I, I know I, I can't remember. I know that I did start to throw up in, and it was in the morning too. That's Oof. what's sad about it. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't really. Yeah, those being days. in a van though, I hope it wasn't because a van is just so much more nefarious. Something, something bad's going down in a van. I. This is when I lived in California, and oh. it was with. Uh, I played in a band. And I used to do dumb shit like I would drink a drink that someone from the audience had given me. You like when we were on stage. Same. Yeah. And I do think that maybe I was given GBH or something because I went from I didn't GHB. Yes. Wait, what's GBH? That's something else. GHB. Yeah. Because I went from being sober to like Almost a nest. I mean, like my legs buckled out from under me. It was so fast. Oh, wow. And I could like barely talk. Um, but so anyway, I was in the back of a van. Nothing nefarious was happening because uh, I was with the band. But yeah. it was. And then I didn't have a hangover the next day either. That's why I feel like it was a drug. Maybe. Yeah. Because you just had the drug and not enough booze to give you a hangover. That's interesting. Right. Yeah. Yikes. Anyway, scary. Good time. Who are these guys doing that? They got to buy that stuff. And then. I mean, he didn't bang you or anything? No. That's the weird thing. That's the part that never made sense. Yeah. I mean, there were these two guys, though, that I was talking to. And I don't... I, I This is so long ago. Who knows? Yeah. Anyway, good times. So... <sighs> Aren't you me- surprised you're alive sometimes? I... Yes. Uh-huh. Not to get make it weird. Just saying. No. I mean, I think back... There's two things I'm thinking about. One, I'm thinking about moments where, like, really poor decisions that I made. And then I'm also thinking I have two kids and I don't want them to make bad decisions and justify it by, like, but look at all the dumb shit you did. But, I mean, it's already out there. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. I just the, – the things that I shudder at are in my drinking days, like – Going home with someone I just met. Yep, that was a fun night for us. But yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, just, I, I'm, I'm with just you. Lucky. I, I was just we're putting lucky. My, yeah, I'm putting myself in. I was putting myself in such a vulnerable position. Like that was just so dumb. But I, but I'm yeah. here. Which it and, makes you think. You know, I think murder happens less than you think. But still. True. Why, why and, put yourself in a position to be murdered? 
But well, every whatever. guy and girl I talk to have been through this, so it just kind of feels like a part of life, as horrible as it is yeah. and how scary as it is. And not to be negative, but it, your kid will go through this at some point, yeah. you know? It's just part of it. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, I need. I was such a late bloomer. Now, ah. you weren't. You were or you were not a late bloomer? No, no, not. You were Too early, early bloom. Yeah, which you never hear about, early bloomers. No. What was your it's early, all late. What was your early blooming experience? Well, I'm from New Orleans, so it's just it's just part of the it's in the it's in the fabric there. It's part of the culture, and you know, somebody just hands you a beer when you're nine, and you go with it, and then then it's downhill from there. Did you really start at nine? Well, probably heavy stuff at thirteen, fourteen is really when it got ugly. Uh, but then it's just. Oh, this beer stuff is fun. Let's try the liquor. Oh, now we'll add some pills. Then we'll get high first. Then we'll pregame, and then we'll black out, and then we'll do mushrooms and acid and get some blow to keep it going. You know, it just keeps going from there. Have you thought of, like, have you uh, felt that you had a problem and had to pull back in the past? No, but you know what's weird is I, I, I'm a pretty good functioning alcoholic, or I was, but the hangovers are what got me. It wasn't even yeah. the the being drunk and dr- I was I'm a great drunk driver. It's just the <laughs> hangovers because it ruins your whole day. Yes, like, and they get I don't mind blacking out. Yes, yeah, and then you get older and they're worse and worse. And I don't just have the a lot of people have the nausea, the vomiting. I have like shame and mm. guilt and anxiety is through the roof. So people say, like, the phone rings when I'm hungover. I can't answer it. I'm like, I can't. I feel too horrible about myself. And I, you can't live like that. That So that started happening to me where if I had had a couple drinks and been altered the night before, even if I didn't do anything that I sh- – that I should feel ashamed about, I would begin to fe- to beat myself up the next yes. day. And I felt shame as if I had done something embarrassing when I hadn't done anything. Same, same. That's the that's that evil, introverty, yeah. I don't know, creative brain we have. It just finds a way. Don't you wish you were as creative when you were writing a script as you are when you're beating yourself up? <laughs> yes. I wish I was that creative. Or when you're like, is that a, a spot on my dick? What is that? And your brain's just going crazy. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. You're like, Where, where's this creativity when I'm uh, I'm shooting a, a sketch? You know. But, I've literally never thought that, but you're so right. Like my brain can come up with ten alternate scenarios for why someone didn't write me back or this or that. Yep. But then when I try to write something, nothing. Exactly. Yeah, you're staring at a blank piece of paper. You're like, <sighs> you, you almost need the fear to motivate you. That's yes. really what it, it, it kickstarts the, the creative gene or whatever. But yeah, That's so it, it's so many bad. And then our whole job is being funny, being on, talking, being clever, whatever. And that's all out the window when you're hungover. Your brain's foggy and you, you're hating yourself. All your brain power is spent shitting on you that you can't go to the funny stuff because right. you're using all of it just to hate yourself so you, you ruin a bunch of podcast episodes and if you're a guest you're not on and you're boring and then it just snowballs into you losing your career but you're choosing to con- to continue drinking <laughs> <laughs> well I've, I've cooled it i've cooled it down it's, if, if drinking is a wild stallion i've tamed it a little bit got it got it so whereas t- it used to just run rampant so out to lunch, runaway hit on YouTube. Tell me about deciding to put it on YouTube. Tell me about and uh, yeah, that decision. Uh, well, it was all just rejection, honestly. You know, I would get all these people going, "You're a man of the people. Put it out for free." And I'm like, "Well, I tried everything, and they wouldn't have me." So uh, I'm not, I'm not noble. But yeah, I, 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 
you know, I had this hour with Amy Schumer she produced, mm-hmm. and that was on Comedy Central. So I was like, all right, I got, I've got some mojo. I got some momentum. Let's do another hour. And it was cooking, like, all over the clubs. I'm killing all over the country with this hour. And I would put it on tape and go, hey, Netflix, you got to see this. It's really hitting. It's killing, like, front to back. And they'd go, ah, no thank you. Mm. And I said, I bet if we shoot it ourselves, they'll buy it because they don't want to do the work. Right. And I just kind of bet on myself there. And we shot it at the Dynasty Typewriter. We sold out two shows. And they still didn't buy it. So I said, well, what else can I do? We tried Amazon, Hulu, Apple, whatever it is. No dice. So we just said, all right, we'll put it out for free. We wasted 15 grand shooting this with good cameras and editing and color correcting. And uh, we put it on YouTube. And thank God it it clicked and people watched it. And it's it keeps rising. It's 5.1 mil now. That's insane. Insane. So now I'm glad they didn't buy it because now I own it and I get to rub it in their face and go, if I was on Netflix, I wouldn't know how many people saw it. I love that I know. I love that it has right. comments. I love that it's easily shareable all over the world. You don't have to have a password. It's just link sent. Done. And I'd imagine you've made your money back on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Plus, we did a bunch of donations. People were nice enough to donate. So I, I made my money back in like the first two weeks, I'd say. And then wow. now it's all black. It's all gravy. It's all profit. When they passed on it... Did they say why, all these places? Well, you get the, the usuals. Hey, we got a lot of skinny white guys right now. Or, hey, you're, we're only booking famous people. Or, hey, why would we put you on? Nobody's going to watch. Which I get. You know, like Sarah Cooper does lip syncing. And she gets a zillion views on TikTok. So they're like, okay, we can translate mm-hmm. this to Netflix. So we'll get those zillion views. And so people say, you're putting a lip syncer on? What about this? comic who's got a killer hour ah we don't we we that's not a safe bet this is a bet and that's what's all business at the end of the day i think the days of ali wong who was an unknown and tom segura who was an unknown then they have specialty blew up i think those days are kind of over why take a risk when you got a a sure thing that's my rational rationalization did the sarah cooper special end up doing well for them do you know i mean i know i have no idea yeah no idea but i think that was a quick and I don't know her. I know no. I got no beef or anything. She's she's a talented, fun lady. But uh, I don't know. I think that was uh, felt like a. We got to get this out quick while she's still hot. Mm-hmm. Did and good for her for taking. It. I mean, you can't blame her. People get mad at her. I'm like, she got a special. She took it. Why? Yeah. Are you, why are you mad at her? Get mad at the industry. So much has happened since though. Where I wish she was doing her little videos. On social media. Yeah, it'd be nice. That That's what the people responded to. So why not go back to that? How did it feel when they were passing on it? Uh, I, you know, pretty low self-esteem. It, it was kind of, I figured, it, it was a, it was crushing. It was a bummer. But it was like it was just one of these, like, maybe they'll say yes, kind of fingers crossed thing. And when they didn't, you're like, all right, moving on. I mean, that's kind of how it works in this biz. You just kind of got to... Keep bobbing and weaving until you find something that connects. Last, I mean, look at Mark Marin. You know, he's been doing yeah. stand up for six hundred years, and then he does a podcast out of the blue, and that hits. So you never know. You just got to keep trying shit. Um, last time we were talking, you were, or last time you were on the show, you were out here pitching a show, and you couldn't tell me that much about it, but it involved autism. Yeah, yeah. Whatever happened with that? Well, uh, that was one of the 20 shows I've pitched that just 
went nowhere. Oh, okay. And now I'm pitching a new one that uh, could go nowhere. So I don't get any hopes up. I I, I have no I have no uh, optimism or anything on how it's going to go. I just go here. You go if you like it. Buy it if you don't. I get it. I'm not not getting any more hope going. I'm done with hope. You had pitched nine shows back then. Yeah. How many have you I'm, really pitched now? Probably up to about 15, 16. 20 is an exaggeration, but, you know, you get some producers like, oh, I think there's something there. Make a pitch. Shoot a sizzle. Get get a whole thing together. Make a package thing, you know, a, a pitch document. You're like, okay. Then you get all excited because you, you it's like being a casino. You're like, maybe I will win. Maybe I'll hit it big. <laughs> this could be the one. And then you go out to L.A., you go to the boardroom, and you pitch it like an idiot. Everybody's just looking at their watch, waiting for lunchtime. You bomb the pitch, you leave, you get in your car, you go to Santa Monica, that takes three hours, and you go to Glendale, that takes nine hours, and nobody buys it, and you fly back home defeated. <laughs> you know the rigmarole. Yes, but I've only done it twice, and I, oh, that was enough to make me go, I don't know about this. Well, that's why I love YouTube. I mean, it's such a godsend. It's this bittersweet thing, because all these unboxing videos with an Asian kid who's nine is making $8 million, <laughs> which, good for him, but... If this this executive in a business suit who knows nothing about comedy gets to tell you, no, we don't, we're not going to buy this show, you put it on YouTube, it's a huge hit. It's a great moment. Right. You're like, hey, what do you know? You, you don't know what the people want. Mark, do you have a Just Me or Everyone or a Hey, Go Fuck Yourself or both? I've got about seven Just Me's oh, if you want to yeah. hear them. Let's do those. Okay. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? All right. Let's hear your just me or everyone's. Don't you wish you could dance, by the way? Wouldn't that be nice if you could actually dance well? I'm not saying you can't, but wouldn't it be nice if you were a good dancer? Yes. um, I am someone who is very self-conscious dancing. I don't dance like no one is watching. Um, (laughs) Same. Right. My four-year-old loves to dance and is really good. Like went back when he was in preschool, uh, they had commented on like, he's so, he's so good at this. And I don't know if that's just natural. And then you become self-conscious and it kind of goes away. Or if he actually does have some kind of, talent i don't know we'll see where that goes anyway though we'll let's see. hear your just me or everyone's all right i'm gonna throw a bunch at you okay do you clip your toenails into the toilet mm. no but i should i just figure you get the foot propped up on the seat yeah. you clip it falls right in you flush you're golden you know here's a gross story i was clipping my toenails the other day and at the end i'm like Wait a minute. Where did all the little bits go? They, I thought that they were going right here, and then I couldn't find them all. <laughs> there you go. You got a rogue. You got a rogue clip. Right. There's going to be the something crunchy happening. So into the toilet. Yeah. That's good. That's smart. I assume because they're body parts that they eventually just die off and fizzle away. But is that crazy? I mean, that sounds good. Sounds good enough to me. I don't know. Yeah, they say your house is like 88% skin, by the way. Ew, I, know. I didn't know Not that. My, uh, I, I read a lot of fun facts. 
Where do you get them? Are these Snapple Cap facts? Because I know that you were excited about Snapple Cap facts last time. Basically, they're on. You can follow a thread on Twitter, like fun facts oh, yeah. or what the fuck facts, right. or Uber, Uber facts, fa- whatever. Yeah. yeah, I love those, and you can get some good material out of them. Right. I got a fun joke for you. They say two and a half million people die from alcohol every year, and I say, yeah, that's sad. But think about how many people it produces. <laughs> But that was from a fun fact, so it kind of gives you a little right. material kick. Uh, okay, another another. Is it just me? Do you do you lift your feet up off the ground when you're sitting so you can work your abs? No, wait. That no, I lift them off the ground. Wait, are you talking about like putting them up or like actually doing yeah. some kind of? Yeah, just lift I, your put an inch of air between yeah. or two inches of air between you and your your the floor, your feet oh. and the floor. No, I like to put them up like on an ottoman or something. No, I'm talking about lifting with your your muscle. No, that's well, that's a good idea though. Look at you. I do it all. I do it all day, every day. You're working out, and no one knows it. I'm doing it right now. Really? So you're just sitting there and just, huh? Although I have to say, I don't feel like it's my abs that are doing the work. I feel like it's just my legs. Am I doing it wrong? Oh, really? I, I can. I'm feeling the abs now. I feel a a, a flexing. This is like less. <clears throat> Less personal Kegels. Um, okay, so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you're okay. I'm I'm bounce. I'm squeeze. Now I'm squeezing my abs. Still feels like mostly my legs. Oh, all right, all right, all right. I think I'm doing it. Oh uh, well, that, that's one I do. I do it on every day on the subway. You know, if you're going to 14th to 23rd, I'll keep them up until I hit 23rd. How is this? How is taking the subway in COVID times? Oh, it's weird. It's weird. I mean, after 10 o'clock, I w- it feels like the 80s. Like, I wouldn't recommend it. It's just the hobos go down there. They get away from the cold, mm-hmm. and the women are getting slashed. Uh, it's it's dicey. Everybody's got a mask on. The subway was sad before, but now it's this weird, eerie sadness. Because right. at least before, it was you and 800, 800 other people. Now it's you and eight other people. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. All right, keep going. All right, all right, all right. Do you... I wear the same socks probably four days in a row. I don't do that, but I'll wear the uh, same. But I'll take a. Sh- I'll no socks are a one day affair for me. What that that yeah. would just generate so many dirty socks. I have a. Do you not have a? Do you not have laundry in your place? I do, but I mean, who wants to do it? Yeah, I don't mind doing laundry. I'm not a big fan of doing dishes, but laundry I'm okay with. Um, yeah, so socks I'll wear for a day, but I will take my clothes off, take a shower, and then put the same clothes right back on. Ooh. Different underwear. But that right. makes me feel like a real gross person when I do that. <laughs> I think as a lady, you're okay. If you're some sweaty construction guy, yeah. that would be a problem. But as right. a lady who podcasts, I don't think you're Thank getting you. a lot of yeah, I'm not jizz really, on the... Yeah, no, but now that I'm doing my chair... Squat, my chair crunches. Yeah, it's like a whole different world. Oh yeah, and it gets easier because you're building you're building that muscle up. That's right. I mean, it really again it still feels like it's my legs. What am I doing wrong? Are you? Is your butt on the edge of the seat? I'm all butt. Get those thighs all off butt. the uh, yeah off the chair. It's really like two inch. Like there's my knee and then two inches and then the chair. So I gotta oh, get yeah. to the edge of the chair. That's all leg. Oh, I see. Yes, now it is definitely abs. There we go. Let me feel like I need to pee for some reason. Yeah, it's pushing on that that bladder. Yeah. Right, how about this? Do you do you brush your teeth in the shower? No, but I know a lot of people who do. All right. I feel like it's all. I like it because it's all one package. Yeah. You don't have to take a shower, get out, brush your teeth, 
spit in the sink. It's all just in one place. I so feel like it's more efficient. You store your toothbrush in the shower. Yeah. I use a Sonicare. Ah. But I mean, that could be in the shower, but for some reason that feels like a on land kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's electrical. <laughs> it's just beaten into us that you can't have a toaster in the shower, you exactly. know? Exactly. Uh, what else? What else? I will put anything in the dishwasher. I don't care if it's got uh, a miscarried fetus on a bowl. I'll put it in the dishwasher. I don't rinse it. I don't do anything. Really? That, that'll come back to haunt you every now and then. But every now and then, you'd be shocked what your dishwasher can do. You know, I've heard you're not supposed to. For anyone listening, I'm sorry for that super long pause, as if the <laughs> as if the sh- the show stopped for a second. It was just me thinking about fetuses on dishes and stuff. But um, I've heard you're not supposed to rinse. I don't really? know why. Yeah, you're just supposed to scrape it off and put it straight in. But I can't huh. bring myself to do that. I mean, maybe a tiny bit. Yeah. But like, so you. When you say you'll put anything in the dishwasher, you mean without rinsing. You're talking about food, though, right? You're not talking about, like, running other things in your dishwasher. Right? No, yeah, yeah. Like, if a plate's got all kinds of crazy shit on it, I'll I'll just put it right in. Will you, will you dump it in the trash first or the sink first? A little. If it's, like, you know, uh, seeds from a sesame seed bun, I won't. You know, if right. it's the bun, I'll put it in the trash. But if it's got seeds it. or... Anything like that, maybe like some crumbs or remnants, mm. whatever, uh, a loose mushroom. It's going right in the dishwasher. Wow, loose mushroom. Um, yeah, I think we need to upgrade our dish. This this is fun pod talk, but we have been talking <laughs> for a while now about getting a better dishwasher, and I think we're going to do it one of these days. Do yeah, you, I mean, you, I just... Sorry, you go. Well, I was just going to say, do you, Mr. You Own Art, do you have a three-tier <laughs> dishwasher? Two-tier, two-tier. Who am I, Rockefeller? But I think it's pretty new <laughs> where I can open it and I just wipe everything off the counter into the dishwasher and close it and let them let it handle it. Oh, my God. You're using it like a garbage disposal, which people in New York don't have. Exactly. And it's only little things. I'm not pushing pennies and, and you know, yo-yos in there. But if right. it's a couple seeds or crumbs or whatever. Do you still live in the West Village? Oh, yeah. I love the village. That was where I wanted to live my whole time being broke in Bed-Stuy, Bushwick, Crown Heights, and I finally made it here. Nice. Now it's fucked, but it was at one point a beautiful, beautiful neighborhood. Fucked because New York is fucked? Yeah, it just, you know, it's freezing. It gets dark at four. Everybody's scared to go out after dark. Nothing's open. So the neighborhood's not what it once was. Everybody's scared to go out after dark because of crime? Yes, it's through the roof. Wow! So New York has, I've I've heard. Inc- I guess I've just been so up my own asshole that I have not really been paying attention that much. I have heard foreboding things about New York, but what is it like there? It's pretty apocalyptic. I mean, during the day when the sun is shining, it's better, but it's still you know New York was had that energy that is all gone. Mm. You know, you used to see hustle and bustle. Now it's like. Maybe a lady shuffling down the street every now and then. So it's like a ghost town. Uh, it's a ghost town, which is so weird because... I can't even imagine. With, without the people and the energy and the good vibes and the entertainment and the restaurants and the bars, what is it? It's just you live in a house that's two inches big, you're paying a million dollars, and you're freezing. Right. So you're like, that, that's why everybody left. And and what's what kind of crime? 
A lot of shootings. Like Jeez. my girl has that that citizen app, mm-hmm. which don't ever look at that. Jesus. No, no, I'm, I'm good like, with next door. That alone makes me hate where I live and everyone around me. What is that one? Oh, next door. Um, it is you can you you uh sign up. And it's based on what neighborhood you're in. And then it's sort of like a message board service for people in your neighborhood. And a lot of people post about packages that have gone missing or Ah. about like graffiti or about a lot of the stuff that's good is like lost animals and stuff. But then you see like a lot of actually in in Burbank, I don't see it that much. But in my old neighborhood, a lot of stuff about like saw this mysterious looking guy riding his bike through the neighborhood. And it'll just be like and it's like it just makes everyone see Everyone who posts stuff like that, you're like, oh, I didn't realize you were so racist. <laughs> it's Neighborhood Watch. Yes. But, but Citizen digital. is more crime-based, right? Yeah. It's like a police blotter, like 23rd and 3rd, uh, a woman's head was cut off, and uh, you know, 16th and 8th, a uh, car crash or whatever, you know. But it's heavy. They get detailed. And then the craziest part is there's comments. You know, it'll be like... Get a job, you animals, and then like this city used to be something, and everybody, you know. So it's uh, it's pretty fun. It's like a town hall meeting. Are you worried after dark? A little. I mean, I I don't really uh, look rich, maybe, and and I don't know. I I got a. I grew up in a bad neighborhood, so I got a. I got a pretty good head on a swivel, pretty good Mm -hmm. spidey sense for that. So I'm not too worried, but I also don't push it. I'm I'm not blacking out on uh, West Third anymore. It's interesting. I was there from, I lived there from 2002 to 2010. Mm. And that was not an unsafe time in New York. It was like oh, really? a, a, a surprise. I would say a surprisingly safe. I was never, thankfully I was never the victim of anything and I felt safe wherever. Um, the only Same. times I would begin to feel a little bit unsafe were if it was late at night and there was like no one around. Yes, but usually, same. I get usually it. it's the you know because of there's other there's other people around you don't feel unsafe. It's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine New York being as unsafe as it used to be because I you know it has a history of being a really tough place. Right. But yeah, I agree. I moved here in 07, and it, I felt very safe. I mean, I got mugged a few times, but I was also asking for it. <laughs> but I grew up in New Orleans, and I feel like that was way more dangerous. Mm-hmm. Way sketchier, way scarier, way easier to get away with stuff. New York, at least, is a eyewitness two two feet away from you, right? Or you can run into a bodega. And I feel like New Orleans is a little more spread out, and and you can't really get help as easily, mm-hmm. so you can get away with a lot more. So, oh, that I, makes I, me sad. That I loved so living bad. here, and I, and I like a walking city. Yeah. Is it worse? This is now turned into a um, hyper local for New York podcast. But is it worse <laughs> in certain areas than others, or is it like bad everywhere right now? Well, I the think crime. the lower socioeconomic is really like the Bronx right now is bananas, mm-hmm. and uh, you know a lot of like deep Brooklyn, Queens, deep Queens. You know, shooting eight kids dead, and they show like a bicycle turned over with the wheel spinning slowly. <sighs> So it's pretty bad, yeah. But the, the Manhattan's okay. But you turn on that that Citizen app and you're like, oh, geez, Mach- a guy's got a machete. Like, what yeah. what what year is it? Oh, well, that was not very uplifting. Do you have speaking of things that are also not uplifting? Do you happen to need to tell anyone to go fuck themselves? Uh, 
Not really. I just, I guess I would just say to Twitter, go fuck yourself. Twitter has just become this, you know, minefield of sadness and, and negativity and uh, combativeness. Mm. So, like, everybody take it. This, you, you thought, I thought we'd kind of come together during all this, but it's kind of made everybody more divided. And it's a bummer. And, uh, I don't know. Everybody's acting like they're gonna save the world on Twitter, and I'm like, I know you, man. You're 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 a fucking pothead who works at a. You deliver pizza, and you know, look at TikTok chicks. What, what are you talking about? We need to make change. I, I don't know. So I feel like everybody's everybody's got this weird online persona. Then you you know them in real life, and you're like, what? You're like a loser, douche. What are you talking about? I've never seen you act like this. So. So that 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 my my go fuck yourself is to your online persona that's not you. Yeah. Hey, online persona that's not authentic. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. Mark? I know that's a little obscure, but no, that's good. That works. That works for me. Um, okay. Now you don't find YouTube comments to? Are you probably get tons of positive YouTube comments, or you don't look at them? Well, I've I've wondered about this because I've gotten some of the meanest comments on the planet. Trust me, I, I'm. I'm a big uh, target for mean comments, especially a guy who is new to stand up and putting his new material on, trying to get some traction and right. not being that good. But now I have this weird underdog status because I got rejected by everybody. So I feel like they give me some slack and they feel like they discovered this new guy who's underground or whatever the hell it is. So they're a little gentler. Right. But if I was some big wig on Netflix, they'd probably be way meaner. I can't, That's my I'm only not- thing I can come up with. I can't imagine you getting super mean comments. Uh, I mean, it's just everybody does. I think it's yeah. just part of the part That's of the true. the whole thing, you know. Like a lot of earlobe stuff. A lot oh. of his, I, his voice makes me want to kill myself. Uh, when did he realize he was gay? Uh, a lot of gay stuff. A lot of kill yourself. You know, Adam's apple. A lot of Adam's apple. So it's Your Adam's uh, apple. I I had never noticed it before, but it is prominent. But I oh, feel like it's, it's a problem. Because it's prominent, like what, 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 what's wrong with it? Well, you try to button a like a, you're wearing a suit. You got to button the top one. It hurts and it cuts mm-hmm. you off. I feel like that's, that's, a that's like a should be considered a manly thing. Like, look at that Adam's apple. You'd think, but uh, it's more just what a freak. What's up with this guy's Adam's? I can't even watch the show because of his Adam's apple. You know, oh, so. Jesus. But all that I can, I can that blows right off my back. But uh, the. There's certain comments that you go, oh, I do do that. Oh, he's right. Those are the ones that really sting. Like what? Well, you know, like I'll do a little giggle after some jokes because I'm nervous. <laughs> yeah. And I'll be like, and then the guy said, blow me. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> mo- most people don't notice it. But if you notice it, you can't not notice it. And I do do that. And I've worked on it. And it, it's just such in in my wiring to do it because I'm nervous and mm-hmm. I, I can't beat it. But. Stuff like that, or I'll say I don't know a lot, like kind of as a transition, like, so then the Uber said, blow me, and I was like, I don't know, so how about those Knicks, you know, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and some some guy will just write, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, he's right, he's right. <laughs> those are the good ones. Yeah. Are they? Well, they're they're the accurate ones. Those are like, this, that guy's a sharpshooter. Right, right. Calling me a homo is like, eh, that's that. That does nothing to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone said the way I said and it drove them crazy. <laughs> and 
uh, when I listened back to a show recently, I was like, yeah, it is. I am doing it. I go like, and yeah. it's like a Y a N D. I have got, <laughs> maybe this will be the year. Maybe this, my, my slate is clean enough that this is the year I really crack down on like no more ums, no more uhs, no more likes and no more a ands. There you go. And it's good to work on it. Some of these are, are good constructive criticism. The more they hurt, the more true they probably are. I think you're right. By the way, I, I'm am I sensing? Am I hearing a uh, Orange County accent? Possibly. Aha! Uh-huh. All right. Was it wasn't uh, it wasn't until I went to college that I was ever accused, and I don't think it was meant as an accusation. It was never brought to my attention that I had any sort of accent. And then in college, which was in California, people said I had a California accent. You're not so, from there. No, I am from I am from California. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, I was born in Northern California. I was raised in Orange County. Oh. So, oh wait, did you say Orange County? Just like you just pulled that out of your ass without knowing. Oh, that that, that from? and that's oh, all OC. Yeah. Ick. <laughs> no, it's not a bad thing. I mean, I think it most might people be. try to try to live there. That's like a goal. Yeah, but you don't want to sound like you're from there. Ah, could be worse, better than a southern accent. It's kind of like a valley girl accent, right? A little bit, little, little more refined, but refined. It's in there. <laughs> I have a refined valley girl <laughs> accent. I should be starring on a Bravo show any day. There Listen, you go. I'll tell Andy Cohen. Thank you. Have you been on Watch What Happens? I have not, but I, 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 I kind of like the guy. You know, yeah. he was. Did you see him drunk on New Year's? A little bit. That was fun. He seems like a fun guy. I went to. Me and my lady went to the SNL after party one time, and he was shit-faced, and uh, he had a a circle around him of hockey players, and he was in hog heaven. How how was the after party? Was it fun? It's great. I mean, it sucks if you're not famous, I guess, because I'm just like, oh, look at that guy. Look at that lady. Oh, there's uh, what's-her-face, you know, and you're trying to just blend in. So I think if you're actually famous, it's probably more fun, but they're pretty exciting. I mean, it's free food, free booze, and... It's a lot of a lot of people watching, a lot of celebrities say like there's Lorne Michaels sitting in a chair by himself with a cigar. Holy shit, it's it's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I bet. Mark Norman, it was delightful catching up with you. I wish hey, you, you too. nothing but the best and you be careful after dark and tell everyone where they can go to find all your things. Thank you. Good to be back. Uh, three's a charm. I'm on YouTube called specials called Out to Lunch. Check it out and tons of other fun videos on my page, MarkNormanComedy.com, to see where I'm heading towards you in a comedy club. And then uh, listen to my pods, Tuesdays with Stories, and one more drink. Thank you and praise Allah. And if you like what you're hearing, which I hope you do, please make sure you're subscribed. And uh, if you would be so kind as to rate the podcast, five stars is my favorite number, and leave a comment. Um, I read all of them. I read some of them on the show sometimes. It helps out. It helps people find the show. And tell a friend. Listen to my other podcast with Greg Fitzsimmons, Childish. It's our parenting-ish podcast. You don't need children to listen. And I'm on Patreon. Patreon. And I said and, not a and. I hope everyone noted <laughs> noted that patreon.com slash Allison Rosen bonus episodes every week zoom parties behind the scenes content all sorts of fun stuff I'm also on cameo I have a book out oh 
And I should have mentioned earlier, I've spent so much time curating my Amazon storefront. If you would like to see the beauty products I use, the podcasting gear I used, I have stuff that I recommend for people Elliot's age, for Owen's age. I've got Daniel's Corner, uh, home stuff, food stuff, cooking stuff. I've got all so much stuff that I recommend, use, and like. Amazon.com com slash shop slash Allison Rosen. Amazon.com slash shop slash Allison Rosen. And make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Allison Rosen. Follow me on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Allison Rosen. My God, those that was so long, Mark. I'm sorry that I made you sit through that. <laughs> no, that was good. You nailed it. Okay. People Thank need you. the information. Thank you again so much. Listeners, you matter. Thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. About the Allison Rosen Show. We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Yeah, Allison Rosen is your new best.